Welcome to Fantastic Gatherings of Unfantastic People. We have our Game of Thrones discussion. It is episode two of season eight. I am here with David and Sarah Jimenez. And let's get to it. How are you guys doing? Hello, hello. Hey. What is up? (laughs) (laughs) What's up, everybody? All right, so uh, how how did you uh, feel about this episode? I thought it was really good. It was a nice, um, I don't know, kind of everybody coming together, seeing how they're all kind of dealing with the imminent death that is coming in just a couple hours. So it was kind of nice seeing how everybody kind of deals with that in their own way. Yeah, uh, you you can kind of see people coping in their own way. A lot of people are drinking. Um, some people are doing it. Um uh, everyone's coping in their own way and they're all getting ready because uh not Jora who comes in and the 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 people who are at last heart health hearth uh they come in and they tell everybody when the white walkers are going to be there so everyone right. has this okay we only have this amount of time so this episode is a lot of uh how people are going to cope before this fight Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, I do want to ask um, Daenerys's beginning story. What was up with that? Like- so, from the very like beginning, um, her father was the Mad King. Uh, so he kind of just went crazy and started wanting to try to kill a whole bunch of people and everything. So that's what started like the big rebellion. So that's how Robert Baratheon oh. became the king. And Jamie Lannister, who was a knight, he ended up... That's why his nickname is the King Slayer, because he's the one who killed uh, the Mad King, Daenerys' uh. father. So she grew up hearing stories about him and how she's going to get her revenge and And all he that was stuff. right there in front of her. Mm-hmm. And now he's there, like, fighting for her and everything. So it's just an interesting dynamic. Definitely a huge character arc there. That's funny. And then, um, you know, they're all having that discussion. Bran is looking at Jamie, the Night Slayer. I'm sorry, the King Slayer. Mm-hmm. Slayer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The King Slayer. And he's just like, the things we do for love. Yes. And then he's like, awkward. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what I <laughs> felt. Um, yeah. So describe the whole situation. Like um, when, when Lady Brienne defends Sir Jamie. Well, Brienne uh, and Jamie kind of have a history. So Brienne was uh, in charge of taking the Kingslayer back to King's Landing um, and promised uh, uh, Lady Stark. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's her name again? Catelyn Stark. Uh, she's been gone a while. I forgot her name. Uh, she promised her that she would take him back. And while they're going back, they have like a journey uh, they're captive. He defends her from being raped and beaten. Right. Uh, and he loses his hand due to that. That's uh, the situation. So they, they get very, very close in that. And now they have these feelings for each other. Brienne doesn't show them, but you can tell that they're there. And he has feelings towards her. So there is just that uh, we want to be together, but we can't be together. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't sense that. It, you, it, it's I mean, a, that, it's, that's some past knowledge you have to have knowledge. to see it, I'm yeah. sure. So I, I didn't catch that. And the whole time that they were together, 
the Kingslayer was a different person back then. He was very cocky. Uh, he he didn't want to be transported because uh, he just wanted to get away from her. So he was right. trying everything to get under her skin, calling her names, uh, saying that she can't be as good as fighter as him, and she ends up kicking his ass. So when he does come back, there's a lot of um, like some kind of tension. She's really confused on why he's being so nice to her and why he wants to be under her and fight for her. All right. Uh, so that's why she's very confused and puzzled in the in the beginning. Because I'm sure he had a, a good amount of time to let that cultivate, those feelings cultivate within himself. Yeah, he's also like, from the very beginning of the show, he is like totally different. He has probably one of the biggest like character developments of the entire show like he's generally like he's a good person now so it's just I don't know because Brienne hasn't seen him for a while so it's just kind of like she's kind of taking in kind of this new person that Jamie is too right uh, Aria uh, flexing hard. Oh, probably when she was asking if her weapon was made yet, and yeah. she started throwing the oh, dragon yeah. glass daggers. Man, that was like, <laughs> get my shit done. Yeah, she she went from being this kid, just kind of, and that's what he ooh. remembers her. As. Yeah, oh, just this kid, just you know, playing tough. And with needle and not really knowing how to use it, to training and all of her backstory, to being a vicious killer, she's killed a lot of people. Which you don't really see her still, still right now. You don't see her as a vicious killer, but you know, even I know that of her. Her stealthiness relies on just blending in and not being really taken notice. I honestly, I loved that scene. Like you can tell that she's. She wants to know everything, like, because Gendry, he's fought the White Walkers, so he kind of knows about them. So she's, like, interrogating him, like, how do they move? What do they smell like? Right. What are they like? And she's just trying to get as much information as she possibly could. And I actually had this random theory, and I have no idea if it's true or not. It could be completely wrong, but it would be kind of interesting if it was true. The whole thing with the many faces that she does is you have to kind of become oh, that other I person. See what you're saying. So I was thinking, again, I could be totally off, but I'm like, what if she's trying to get as much information about these White Walkers as she can so she can, like, take on that face and kind of get behind the enemy lines? Yeah. Like, I see it. I could be totally off, but. It could just be her wanting to know as much about them to be make it easier to kill them. No, but well, it would be not, an interesting turn if that's what happened. She's not an upfront fighter. Mm-mm. She's not. So um, her, yeah, I see what you're saying. That makes so much sense. Where now I'm going to be watching it and it's like, ooh, who's who? Which one of these uh these uh, uh, uh Nightwalkers are um, Arya? I don't even know if it could happen. I don't know if that's At this her point, plan, it better. But I'm like... That's such a, that's such a good uh, story. It, it just, better. like, popped in my head. I was like, wait a minute. You know it enough to have that. Yeah. Okay, so right now, Daenerys is frustrated at Tyrion um, that Cersei didn't come and 
he's she's blaming him because he should have known but he's like well you should have known but then it does bring up something that i i kind of am interested Tyrion stole the positions position of the hand from that other guy what's what's happening um, is that something significant he didn't necessarily steal it so jorah was originally the hand but at the very beginning um he kind of became her advisor because he was spying on her he was a spy for robert baratheon um basically he was doing it so he can get pardoned because he did a whole bunch of crimes and stuff back in the day right um so he was actually spying on her, sending information on where she was, what she was doing back to Robert Baratheon because he wanted her dead. And the more he spent time with her, the more he kind of realized, you know, she's a good person. Uh, she has good intentions. I actually want to follow her. And eventually it came out, um, you know, that he was spying and sending information back to Robert Baratheon. So she sent him away. She's like, I want nothing to do with you. Get out if I see you again. Like, you're dead. Right. And basically, he's gone, but he wants to keep coming back. So long story short, he ends up coming back, saving her life. So then she kind of trusts him again. But at this point, um, Tyrion is now the hand uh, because, again, he's smart. He knows how to... Basically, like, he's been the hand for the king at King's Landing before, so he knows how politics work. He's very persuasive. Yes. You would say. Um, what is what is the situation where, where um, uh, what's his name? Save Daenerys. Oh, Jorah. Um, Jorah. So it was back before they ever went over to Westeros. Um, she was, she kind of took over this area, and she wanted to kind of change their ways because they were all... Uh, like Slaver's Bay so okay. like, she wanted to get rid of slaves She's like no we don't do slaves like we're free the people should be free to make their own choices and she wanted to get rid of like the fighting rings and there was like this radical group there that was basically radical didn't want her around so they planned an attack and tried to kill her and it was this huge big thing and Jorah just happened to make it back at the right time to oh, intervene that's lucky for her <laughs> the uh, the talk between um, Sansa and Daenerys. How, how, what are your feelings on that? You guys have more um, both, knowledge. Both are very strong characters. Uh, Sansa, uh, she went through a lot of shit uh, watching her father die, watching his head on a spike. Um, that uh, that was gruesome. She she's been beaten up this entire time. Most of the Starks have been beaten up this entire time. And she really grew, and she became a not stubborn, but just like really st- like strong-headed, I guess. Right. Uh, so now, anytime she feels like she's getting pushed around, she knows that she has this power. She has a lot of uh, uh, pull, I guess, up in the north. Obviously, because that's their area. Um, so now she's really strong, and she she's really confident. But here comes Daenerys, who's been powerful this whole time with the dragons and the Dothraki and all of this stuff. Just stepping on her toes. Yep. And this whole time she's been going after the main goal, the Iron Throne. So it's just clash and clash and they're supposed to be family. They're supposed to be like together, but there's just that that little, you know, um, that life goal where yeah. ultimately Daenerys would rule over the um, 
I'm sorry. Over uh, uh, there's there's that realm. It's that whole realm, right? The, the Seven Kingdoms, yeah. But uh, where and, where Sansa? Uh, the King's Landing. That's King. where the Iron Throne is. Yes. No, uh, where Sansa is. Sansa Winterfell. is in the is in Winterfell. Do they the want to be separate? Separate they, and rule themselves, or is it the whole North? Yeah, because Sansa says that she doesn't want. They don't want anyone ruling over them. Okay, yet. just just that. Area. Yeah, okay. just the North. But that will take away from her from Daenerys so it just it causes that problem and she doesn't want there to be a problem so she like it, it, every time there's a big talk like this in the show they've been cutting everything off yeah so that's we really don't know exactly what happened um I like to point out that Daenerys pulls her hand off of Sansa's hand and yeah. she kind of she looks frustrated and then once so and so walks into the room uh you see Sansa pull both of her hands off the table showing kind of like yeah we were you know we're, we're getting close we're gonna be buddy buddy and now i'm completely there, out of there's it too. just that huge question of what happens afterwards yeah sansa and pretty much everybody in the north they're very like they've had it hard um so they just they don't want people ruling over them anymore they want to kind of be on their own they don't necessarily want to be a part of the seven realms like they want to just rule things on their own so they're very concerned now that there's this foreign invader with a huge army and dragons coming in saying she's going to be you know, like take the iron throne and rule over they're just they're very uh timid and they don't want to really have anything to do with Daenerys because they feel like she's going to try to take over and ruin what they have going right i mean you i could tell that from the first episode uh last episode and they were like very untrustworthy they they saw these people coming in they're like oh crap it looked like a here we go again Mm -hmm. kind of deal i mean yeah I, i i don't i don't blame this so after that uh you 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 get you get um Theon waiting there. You got you got Daenerys and Sansa, and then Sansa is just like so excited to see Theon. I have no idea what's going on there. What's going on there? So Theon actually grew up like in Winterfell. Um, basically, the Starks kind of took him in. His dad sent him over there. Um, I don't remember the exact reasons why, but he was basically raised at Winterfell, so he grew up. Uh, with the Starks so they've known each other their whole life but Theon the first time that Winterfell was taken from them it was because of Theon Uh, basically his dad contacted him and said if you want to come back and be my son you need to take over Winterfell like you need to take charge of it Um, so he did he took over Winterfell um, basically killed a bunch of the people there and took it over as his own and then that's when the Boltons came in and then took it from Theon. Oh. So that's when, like, shit really got bad for them. So basically everything bad that happened in Winterfell was because of Theon. So while they were getting taken over, shortly, you would say, I guess I would picture they got taken over again. While yes. the takeover was happening, officially, they got taken over. <laughs> Ouch. Yes. And like, that getting was... Getting kicked while you're down. Yes. <laughs> so they just kept getting hit and getting hit. And then that is when the Boltons took Theon and basically tortured him, turned him into Reek. Oh. And that was when, you know, he was really just like 
he went from being this cocky kind of annoying person yeah. to being just as low as you could possibly get the weak. And, yeah <laughs> and when Sansa finally gets back to Winterfell she's forced to marry um, Reese Bolton and he basically like he rapes her like it's it's bad like she gets the crap beaten out of her and she's like begging Theon who at this point is still reek to help her to save her and all this stuff and it takes him a while to finally do it and they end up escaping so the reason she's alive today is basically because he's finally was got the courage to oh. start becoming Theon again so finally in that moment you can see them coming together and just like a rush of emotion because of everything that they've been through together wow wow okay the little girl that comes up to the soup station why is her face so burnt we don't know why it's burnt uh we don't know who she is exactly um but uh she does remind uh sir davos of this girl uh shailene she had like the dragon scale face like that and she really kind of she was the one who taught sir davos basically everything he knows like she taught him how to read she taught him everything so he was super close to her and she ended up being burned at the stake for a sacrifice to the um lord of light so seeing this little girl with the same kind of personality i guess just tough like wanting to help wanting to be there it just kind of brought that back to him so i think she's actually going to play somewhat of an important part in the next episode because they wouldn't just do that randomly for no reason. So what do you think would happen? It could be a couple of things. One thing that just quickly popped in my mind was that she's in the safest place in the crypt. We're going to get to that. She's down there. Maybe she gets hurt or she dies and he sees that and he's not a big fighter. He can fight. He's just not labeled as a fighter and I feel like he's going to be really upset and it's gonna take over him and he's gonna he's gonna do some damage that's one thing that i could see do you have oh, anything i don't know yet i mean i had this idea in the middle of the night when i was supposed to be sleeping because i had a final the next morning <laughs> um my mind is just going game of thrones game of thrones game of thrones so in this episode i think they say a total of six or seven times that the crypt the crypt is the safest place to be. The crypt yeah. is the safest place to be. And I'm sitting there thinking, that's where all of the dead people are buried. Oh, shit. You're fighting a Night King who can literally <laughs> raise people oh, no. from the dead. So I'm like, how is this going to be the safest place? Hopefully, He they just can raise bodies. his hands and all these people are going to raise up from the that, dead. That easy? Yeah. Oh, shit. And... At this point, they don't burn the bodies because if you burn the bodies, then they can't be raised up from the dead. But this was like people didn't know that because they didn't believe in the White Walkers oh, and no. stuff. So I'm like, you're sending all of these like main important people. Like there's really important people down there. There's Sansa. Uh, there's Gilly. Um, Tyrion's down there. Like you have all of these major important people and they keep pushing like the crypt oh. is safe. The crypt is safe. The crypt is safe. And I'm oh, just man. like. In my mind, I'm like, it is not safe. These people, like, he's going to come, raise these people from the dead, and now they have an army inside the castle that they tried so hard oh, to no. keep bury. them out. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it's, it seems like the equivalent of 
getting some of these uh, important Nightwalkers. There, there are some kings. You guys mentioned some kings last episode. And getting them into a fireworks building. And it's like, you guys will be safe here. You guys will be safe. It's not on fire. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on, yeah. <laughs> but you guys will be safe. And then the dragons just... Oh, now they're dead. <laughs> okay, so who is the crew that rolled in that Jon Snow was so excited to see? Uh, so... The guy who, with the red hair and the beard, who yeah. basically tackles John, he he's my favorite character in like this whole thing. Um, oh, yeah. His name's uh, Tormund, and I love him. Every scene he is in, he just like steals the scene. That's his like that's his thing. He's he was just intense. this this big, just brooding character, like huge comedic relief. And every scene he's ever been in, it's just there's something he does that steals it. And every scene he was in, in this episode, he did that too. Even like the big one where uh, Brienne gets knighted, which is huge. Uh, He steals it because he's the one, well, first he starts talking about how he got his name and all that stuff, which was a hilarious fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there all, like, they're all drinking, talking about, you know, like, their and last just... moments, where they've been in life, and in comes fucking Tormund, like, oh, so, want to know how I got my name? No, but you're going to tell us. <laughs> um, and then he just p- tries to drink as much in his, his uh, horn cup, and it just goes all over the place. I was like, oh, my God, what is it this guy just... doing? <laughs> I think I, I would love if that was improvised because if you look at Jamie, he kind of does like a smirk and looks around like, is this fucking happening oh, yeah. right now? It's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, the other people who came in at the same time as him, um, basically they were at, <laughs> we got distracted there for a minute, <laughs> um, but they were part of the Night's Watch with John. So they've okay, right. been through pretty much everything from the beginning with John. They so are connected by blood, yeah. like bloodshed. Oh, wait. It wouldn't be bloodshed. Not, uh, I guess. They killed a lot of people together. But, like, the last, the second last time you see them, they're on the wall when it's going down. And then you see them at last hearth uh, with, um, and when you look at the tiles, the blue tiles that flick in the intro, it's it's determining how yeah. far, how far I did notice that. all that was the cool. White Walkers have gotten. And you see them past last hearth. So, you, we know that they, uh, the Night's Watch... And, you know, them, they were at that building. They saw the kid die, and they had to burn him again. They're at that building. Right. But then we know that the White Walkers are past them, so we don't know what was going to happen to them, but then we see them walk in. So okay. I thought that was really nice. And they explained how they had to go around. Yeah, they had to go around and everything. So I guess you can sneak around them, which kind of helps Sarah's idea of Arya, who is already pretty sneaky getting past them. But I don't know. It's, I really it, like it's that. Scary. Why is the Night King so fixated on Bran? Bran is the three-eyed raven. So that basically, like, there's been other three-eyed ravens before him, and now it's, like, his turn to take over. So you, pretty much, you know everything that's happened from the beginning of time. So they know, they can see anything Uh in the past. They can see anything happening, like, right now. Um, They can, like, look into the eyes of animals and other people and see what's happening. So basically all of the memories of everything in the world live with him. And so like their theory is that the Night King wants to basically take out Bran 
because he wants to have an endless night. So basically, he wants to just get rid of all the humans. He wants to wipe out the human race. And the best way to do that is to get rid of their memories, which was what Sam was saying, how you live on through the memories. And if there's no memories, then everything just kind of dies out. So he wants to get Bran. And part of that, too, is that Bran knows how the Night King was made, like all that stuff. So part of me wonders if it doesn't necessarily have to do with taking out all the humans, but more trying to go after the people who made him the way he is. I don't know. Because it seems like he's trying... I just feel like there's a bigger purpose than just wanting to kill everybody. Yeah, when it co- when it comes to total annihilation, it's why, why, and obviously the um, the uh, Night King used to be a human, you mm-hmm. know, or uh, he yeah, was human. one of the first first men, one of the first men. Um, so he has more complex emotions than just complete takeover. Which, if you have zombies, it, it's it's weird. I don't know. So, okay, I could dig- there, there's got to be something else, right? Yeah, we it's- really don't know all that much about him. I mean, we really haven't seen much of him. If anything, it's no? just a couple seconds of him just, like, brooding on top of a mountain watching stuff go down. Oh. So we really don't know what his purpose is, what he wants. Uh, it's just kind of a huge question. Like, we, everyone has different theories, and it's just you kind of have to wait and see where they take it so i don't know hopefully we'll get some answers in the next episode (laughs) doesn't seem like it It seems like oh anyway i won't even mention that what is ironborn yeah those are theons people from the iron islands okay okay. ironborn oh man i wish i would have you know what i think that just pretty much explains it somebody mentioned it i was like "Ooh, why 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 what is that and were you talking where is it the scene where uh, Theon and the Ironborn are going to protect Bran in the plan? Yes. Because if yes. that's so, then that's more of just Theon trying to uh, kind of give back to them for taking over Winterfell and screwing them over. He just wants to, like, please just, like, earn... I'm trying to... Oh, okay. like, I want to earn your right. respect again uh, by doing this and fighting for you. And that if I die sense. for you, I die for you. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah... Right, and then he just mentions Ironborn, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, me and the Ironborn, me nice. and my guys are going to fight for you. We don't okay. know how many people he has, though, but if it's the same amount of people that are on the beach when he fights and he gets his guys back uh, before he goes and saves his sister, there was about 10, would you say 12, maybe, guys? So he has a decent amount of people with him. Um, okay. But then some of them do go on to the boat with the sister back to the Iron Islands. So right. now I don't even know. He could have seven. I maybe. wonder. We don't get a good view of them in this episode. No, we don't. No, you see a few I don't of them. Think the last. You don't see the separation. No, you see him when he comes into the building and Sansa hugs him. You see maybe five guys behind oh, him. Oh yeah. But not all of them have to follow him everywhere. A lot of them could be getting food or uh, fitted for weapons during this scene. We have no idea. Fair enough. So uh, he could have a lot of people with him. He could have Mm -hmm. those five people with him. So we don't know yet. So um, at at the end of that meeting, you know, um, John's just sitting there, uh, standing there watching the map. And then Daenerys is just standing there watching John. And then he's just like, 
my lady and walks away and i was like oh man i feel so bad for him i think he's having a hard time processing it because again like for the starks incest is like they don't really participate in incest whereas like the targaryens they're missing out <laughs> oh she's she's gonna feel fine about it the targaryens is not that big of a deal because that's like in their history pure, like they pure blood yeah. yeah they're pure blood they're used to that so like at the end when he does tell her she doesn't immediately like oh we're I related that. and i think that's kind of why he's been avoiding her because he's kind of processing it in his own way like i really love this girl but she's my aunt and it's just kind of it is in your genes to be hard okay with for that. him <laughs> um oh, so i think that's kind of why like if you notice throughout the entire episode he kind of just avoids her like yeah so. okay so gray worm and misandi try to pronounce that right um there's a connection there of course i know nothing about it what's up with that so we know from the beginning once you first meet the um not yeah the unsully they take away their 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 manhood they don't we don't know if they take away their penis but we know that their balls are at least gone um and they have no like affection they they don't show any of that but there's a scene where they are they're taken to like a river and they're bathing in the water and he spots her and he's just like looking at her in awe, like, oh, look at her. Um, and then so there's kind of that. And then he like apologizes for it. And then there's just subtle of that continuing. And then while they are in, um, I forget the name of the town, but they're, they are together. And they finally are just, let's try this. Let's do this. And then they actually, uh, you see it for a second. They, are having sex like okay so something's there that's why i didn't know like well, yeah, we don't know if their yeah. dick is gone or not you can't do nothing if you have I found it uh, <laughs> i got this on adam and eve <laughs> you, can't, you can't do much uh so there is that over time because they've been together for a long time uh uh masandi was with uh denarius a little bit longer and then denarius uh gets the unsully okay right and he's just he's the best of the best of the unsully so he becomes like the head of that army for her right so he's in charge of that they are together in meetings they are uh, together a lot and there's that love interest that built over the time okay yeah nice nice give me a little bit of context of who these people are and he's still tough he's still he has that uh, toughness with him so you see it when they kiss at the end and they're like it's passionate but then he has to pull himself away like I still have to fight I can't <laughs> so I like that I like that they did that we'll bring this up later so alright now we jump to Sam John and there's somebody in the middle that I don't know uh, he makes his way there but there's a big ass dog behind them is that is that the whole direwolf thing that's that I hear about? That is John's direwolf. That's Ghost. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what's up. He's a fucking badass. Yeah, he fights with them yeah. alongside him. Ooh. So I'm excited to see how the direwolves play out in this big battle to come. You said plural wolves. There's so more of them. So at the beginning, there were uh, there was they found direwolf pups, and there was enough for all of like the Stark children. And we know, I believe, two of them are dead. 
and the rest kind of like ran off everything. We know that Ghost stuck with John. John. Um, Arya actually, when she was making her way back to Winterfell, she ran into her direwolf lady, and she actually kind of found another pack of direwolves that she was with, and that kind of goes back to if you're like a lone wolf, you're gonna die. You have to like be oh, part okay. of a pack. And like um, Arya was like, "Come on, come with me, come with me," and they turned around, and the whole pack like kind of walked away. But there was still that connection, like she knew that Arya was like her right. human, because usually direwolves are vicious and will attack. And you can kind of see they were all kind of growling and stuff. And then once her direwolf kind of turned to walk away, they all sort of followed. Okay. So you know that there's at least a pack of direwolves kind of in the area. So because she was. Close to um, mm-hmm. close to Winterfell. When yeah. She, okay. And they're prominent in the north, so. Boss. So I'm wondering if somehow they're there in the big fight. I don't know. I would like to see it. Yeah, no, that sounds exci- that sounds exciting. I am a big fan of dogs fighting uh, <laughs> along. No, I mean not fighting each other. <laughs> no, but like like it, uh, when it comes to like you know with humans <laughs> like. <laughs> I didn't mean dog fights. <laughs> I don't like dog fights. <laughs> so Sam naming names while on the watch with John and that other guy. Oh, those uh, were well, other Night's Watch, uh, the brother. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, some of them did turn on him. Like, I know for sure Pip did. Pip is the uh, also stabbed. Pip also shot John's girlfriend, who was a wildling at the time. <laughs> so uh, when when Awkward. you see her get shot with a bow... He, he turns in like in shock, but he Pip doesn't know that he's in shock. Pip thinks like, "Oh, you saved me," so he does like a, a subtle nod, like, "I did it, I killed her." <laughs> so like, it really sucks. Um, oh, no. But Pip, but Pip did turn on him and uh, is one of the people who stabs John before he dies. But they did lose a lot of people, so those those are the names of the people they have lost. Yeah. So it, it sounds like more, more of just. You get, Michael, you got to go back and watch all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like these <laughs> these episodes are just uh, oh, yeah. going back to season six, season two, season one, right? Uh, and oh, just, I get that. And, and linking a lot of stuff. So I like that. It's a subtle little thing from season two, episode four, and a little thing that they did in this new episode that can like, oh, I remember that. That is because of this That's kind of funny. a thing. So uh, you'll get it. It's in the, it's in the back of your mind when you oh, watch man. it. Oh man, I want to mention that, but I'll wait. Okay, so everyone warming up by the fire, getting drunk. Oh, I uh, love that scene. You know, it, it's it's an awkward yet heartwarming scene. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's the whole calm before the storm because yes. you know there's a big storm happening, and everybody's getting reacquainted. It's one of my favorite parts of the episode. Mm-hmm. One of them, like it's just it, it seems so human. You know, yeah. not much like real acting just people hanging out that's why i love jamie's reaction like what the fuck is this guy doing (laughs) one thing about that i loved how like they're all reminiscing and everything and how Tyrion's like you know isn't it funny that at one point in time all of us were fighting against the starks and now we're all here in their castle like defending with them fighting with them right and it just really shows kind of how how much has changed, how everybody's kind of taken a look at what they're, they've been doing and 
kind of how their stories all brought them together here. So it's just really, yeah. I like that because it just kind of reminded everyone, like, you know, at one point all these people hated each other and now they're... Now there's a bigger problem. Yeah, now they're all hanging out, drinking wine, like getting ready <laughs> to, like, die for each other. And, uh, uh, yeah, with uh, shoulder by shoulder, you know, going, charging into battle. A common enemy. It's like, uh, uh, wh while in this scene, it does cut to um, Arya talking to uh, the Smith. I forgot the Smith's name. Uh, Gendry. Yeah. Kind of like <laughs> Gangre Gangreen. Gangreen. <laughs> oh, I thought I said it right. Gangreen. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, that, that was a nice little... Um, I want to know this before I die. But I got a question. And I think we talked about it last episode. Uh, she did mention that Gangri Gendry got kidnapped by the red woman. The red woman is that witch, right? Yes. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. That answers it, but that was it was really nice. I don't I don't know if I want to say nice because it was like, you know, she wanted to know what it was to have sex before this possible mission that Sarah's that yeah. that you know, Sarah definitely I, I hope you're right because that sounds awesome. Yeah, she she like I said that everyone's coping in their own way. Yeah, yeah, uh, and every, then you mentioned this. Yeah, uh, everybody is trying to get stuff off their bucket list, I guess, as fast <laughs> as possible. Yeah, yeah. One thing with that, well, there's a couple things with that. Uh, the first one, so the very first episode of the series, uh, when Robert Baratheon's up at Winterfell, he's talking to Ned Stark, and he's all. I have a son, you have a daughter, we need to join our houses. And at the time, we thought they were talking about Joffrey and um, Sansa. But later, okay. we find out that Joffrey isn't Robert Baratheon's son. He's actually Jamie's son. But now we know oh. that um, Gendry is Robert Baratheon's bastard, bastard son. son. Right. So now that kind of prophecy or whatever, I guess, or just something they were talking about has happened. Like, they've joined their houses. Um, so I don't. I think there's gonna be something more with that. I yeah. also think now because of everything Arya has been through and all of her training to become one of like the faceless men, her kind of her humanity, I guess, isn't really there anymore. She's just kind of really just cold. Um, just this is what I have to do. There's not yeah. really like that human. I don't emotion and you can kind of right. see after like he's all asleep and she's just kind of laying there just like with her eyes open just kind of I think that was her kind of trying to find some sort of human emotion I don't know just oh, no. everything she's been through you don't really see her having very much emotions anymore no. so, I don't know oh that was tough and then af after that um, disappointing look of hers it cuts back to um, everybody hanging out and getting drunk by the fire. And then, oh shit, what's her name? Lady Brienne getting knighted. That was awesome. Like, that was just, that was I so cool. I loved that so much. Yeah. Um, part of that makes me think she's going to die. There's at least three characters that I have very, very strong feelings that are going to die. Because they're building them up. That yeah. and because her entire goal from like the start of like when she first came was like she wanted to be a knight. So they're like finishing up her oh. character storyline. So there's a lot of these kind of not as main characters where they kind of tied up like 
their character arc. Like they kind of got to back where they wanted to be right before this big battle. Yeah. Um, her same thing with Theon. Like he's finally you know back earning his place, and he's like, I want to fight for you guys to right. make it right. So that's kind of ending his character arc. I feel like he's definitely or most likely going to die. Um, Sir Jorah, I think he's going to die just because he's kind of did his part. You know, he came back. He brought everybody together. And um, there was just that very, when Sam gave him his family sword, he was like, oh, I'll see you when it's through. It was just kind of a very, like, ugh. He's going to die. Yeah, I, I did kind of feel that setup, which is why I uh, was my next question. But yeah, that, that was a big setup where, oh, man, they also do. So they have that where they finished your character arc and it's like, now you're done. Now you could die or you could live, but you most likely die. They also do it where it's like you're planning something. Oh, we're going to go to Vegas when we get back, man. Oh, oh yeah, we're going to take that road trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then you see Grey Worm talking to his lady about where do you want to go? What do you want to do after this? Oh, like, I want to go see the beaches again back in my home, my, where I'm from. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, God, I will, our people will protect you. So I think Grey Worm can also die. Uh, and if you see in the trailer, he's up front. He's the, the front lines with the, with the rest of the Unsullied. So I also see him going. I hate it because uh, yeah. he's my favorite, and he he's on my uh, one of my favorite YouTubers show, Game Grumps. He plays a bunch of episodes with him, so I know oh, him really? from like from his like his personal life. Like he's really freaking funny. So like I would hate for him to die too. Oh man, um, yeah, I did see a lot of setup for this next battle, next episode, this battle coming up. Man, it looks like it's going to be intense, and I am really excited for it. Mm-hmm. Really excited. So then, uh, shortly after that, we have the um that that one boy that's following Lady or sorry, Sir Brienne. Um, and Tyrion's asking who who has a song? Who has a song? I want to hear a song. Blah 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 blah. He then starts singing, which is was really really nice calming moment which really pushed more with the calm before the storm because it's the tension is getting high like the tension is getting really really high how do you guys feel about that what's going on so before i get into kind of what the song means i would just like to say so they're basing they're kind of relating like this next big battle a lot to lord of the rings that battle if you look at in the um, third Lord of the Rings, when Pippin starts singing, the first three notes of that song that he sings and the first three notes of the song that Podrick sings are the exact same. No way. I'm going to have to... It is. It's the exact same, and I love it. And they do kind of the same thing where they go and show kind of different scenes happening while he's singing. So, like, with Game of Thrones, it's them kind of calm before the storm contemplating like okay this is like our last final moments and when it's Pippin singing Lord of the Rings you see like as the battle's starting like the two sides like running towards each other kind of slow motion everything so it was just kind of really kind of like similar feel with both of them and I love that the composer kind of started off on the same three notes it just Uh, that's so fucking cool 
But anyway, so the song, so that's called, it's Jenny's song. Um, it actually relates back, like, the book was part of it, too. So Jenny, her name is Jenny of Oldstone. Um, she's just kind of a commoner, um, kind of thought to have been, uh, like, an ancestor of the tree people, like, the people of the woods and stuff. Right. Um, and, like, in the Game of Thrones, you kind of hear the... Like, the maesters kind of joking about it. They don't believe in any of, like, the superstitious stuff. Like, they don't believe in the tree people. They don't believe in the Night King. They don't think the White Walkers are real. Um, So they're kind of, like, poking jokes just kind of a little bit at it. It's just kind of real brief. You don't really hear it very much because it's while Sam is kind of in the background doing his stuff at the Citadel. Okay. Um, Anyways, so Duncan Targaryen, he actually like falls in love with Jenny and gives up his throne so he can marry her. And so they get married and go do their thing and she runs into um this wood witch who basically kind of prophesies that there's the prince who was promised and that he is supposed to come from the bloodline of basically the mad king and which is Daenerys's mom or mom and dad and Jon Snow's grandparents. Right. So this prophecy that there's this great prince who's like promised to the world is supposed to come from that bloodline. So there's some speculation kind of at the end of the series or whatever that something like the whoever that this big prince who's promised is going to come from one of them. It could be John who takes the throne and unites everybody. Right. It could be Danny. It could be they have a kid. Um, we don't completely know yet, but we know that there's some prophecy with them in it that relates back to Jenny. So that song just kind of, like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just kind of subtle little things if you kind of know the backline, backstory, but I thought it was interesting. It was that much important. I I thought it was just a random song. Then again, that's why we're talking. And what I like too, because they took... There's only, from the books, there's only a couple, like, lines of the song in it. So the writers of the show kind of added in their own lyrics and, like, the whole, like, those who have been forgotten, blah, blah, blah. That kind of relates back to what Sam and Bran were saying about how, you know, people, their mem- if the memory is still alive, they're still going to be there sort of thing. So I think it right, all kind okay. of intertwines. Oh, okay. Okay, to relate more of... Not so much the whole series, but what happened in that episode. Um, and obviously what's happening with the Three-Eyed Raven, which is Bran, is, uh, just makes it that much more important, that much more content, which I, I love it. I love it. They do such a good uh, job at this show. Like, really. Yeah, I love it. I don't know. I really do not know the story, but, uh, much of it. But I can tell you, this is a good show. Not the story, but the way that they are making this show is just so good. Like that, uh, we talked, I wanted to say yesterday because it was last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Talk, uh, last episode, and you were talking about the cam- camera angle on Ned Stark and then to uh, some- Leanna. Leanna, which is now actually our, our ne- my, my next bulletin, which is the build to the explanation of Jon Snow's true name was like very uncomfortable very uncomfortable uh he does mention that um liana stark is my mother and she's like 
well, you know, my brother totally messed that whole thing up. And and then he's explaining, no, this is what happened. And then, yeah, I, I did notice that she wasn't phased at, yeah, well, you're my nephew, whatever. But, um, yeah, well, I'm sorry. You're my nephew. So what? <laughs> um, but it was like a, um, oh, so you're telling me that you are legit and you are the true, um, um, how do you say ruler true, yeah. of the seven rails? There's that Ugh. and the fact that she didn't like who told him your best friend and your well, brother. It, it is suspicious. Yeah. It's I don't blame her suspicious. for that. And this whole time she's had to like, uh, She's been tricked. She's been pushed around and stuff. So she's had to take what's hers uh, through force sometimes. So like, yeah, she's all she's used to that push and shove kind of stuff. So if this becomes one of those things, she feels she feels super confident in the fact that she can she can fight and she can take what's hers. I guess if let's say this isn't true, like if she believes this right. isn't true. Well, I mean, yeah, if she, uh, I wonder how she could do this because she seems strong enough to just do it. Their right? army is, I want to say, stronger, a hell of a lot stronger than uh, what was already in the north. Yeah, just just the Unsali and the, the Dothraki together can probably take over the north, and the dragons are just a huge. Oh yeah, plus. Like that. Uh, but but you actually explained this. Um, it was every time there was an important conversation, it was interrupted, and this is one of those important conversations. And once again, it was interrupted because, um, you know, uh, the horns were blaring. Yes. The horns were blaring because they made it. Yeah. They're there. They're there. They're at the front door-ish. Um, it's time. It's time. It's time. Even though that was a huge talk and uh, it means a lot and there's obviously it didn't finish, uh, when they get up to the top of the wall and they're looking outwards... John still gives Daenerys a nod, like the plan's still going. Go do it, right. and we'll table this and she just kind of gives him a look, but is still like this is bigger, and goes and runs off to do her plan. Well, that's good. Uh, oh, uh, like apparently we don't know where she she could have fucking done something, but most likely she went off to do the, her part of the plan. So I like that. Like, yeah, this is big, but we still have a job. Plans to do. in motion. Yeah. So. This goes back. To, I have kind of this dark, twisted side of me, and I hope it's not true. But I feel honestly like Danny is going to become kind of like the next big boss. Like it's going to be. So everyone thinks that it's going to be like Night King, Cersei, and that's the end. I think Danny's going to turn in. Like he's coming after me. I have to. Like. She's just going to go try to rain fire on him. So I think there's going to be some type of battle confrontation or something right. between the two of them. Because there's no way that she's going to just be like, okay, no, yeah, whatever. Let's go do not. our own thing. And, and then, I don't know. Yeah, and then um, the fact that John might be riding a dragon, assuming he has permission now. But let's say he does. That's going to show a lot of people that he has this power. And then he's going to maybe tell everybody, it's like, yeah, it turns out I'm the true. There could be a rise, a mutiny upon um, Daenerys's army. Who knows? I, I don't know how well connected her army is uh, dedicated to her because um, there might be bad blood, I, I would imagine. Is there? They're all fairly loyal to her. I mean, okay. she's done. She saved pretty much all of them. They were all, like, all the Unsullied were saved. 
uh, because they were all slaves and people just they were oh. like sell swords originally and she basically was like killed off the people who were in charge of them and said if you want to go do your own thing go do it um, if you want to follow me then you can but there was no like you're mine I bought you you're mine like she like they had like all the, like, these chains around their throats and she basically like cut them all off and was like okay, okay. do what you want so they all just followed her because you know she's this big savior and same thing like with the Dothraki. So the Dothraki, they believe if one, um, like the Khal Drogo, like he was the Khal of that tribe. So they have a bunch of different tribes. And if you kill one of the cows, then you become that cow. So she okay. basically went and killed all of the cows that are there. So she is now like all of the Dothraki follow her. Really? She also did it in a really good way. She uh, she can't die by fire. She can go in boiling hot water and it feels like lukewarm water, you know. Uh, so there is a scene where she does kill everybody. They're in like this big hut and they're talking about how they're going to kill her and rape her and stuff. And she burns the whole place down and she blocks the doors and all of them die in the fire. And while this building is aflame, she walks out of the fire completely unharmed. So that's seeing that too. Uh, killing all of them and this bitch just walked out of fire. <laughs> it's like I would bow, I'd bend the knee to if I saw that. Hell yeah! So then, can Jon Snow be in fire? We don't know yet. I think that hasn't been. It tested, would be huh? interesting to see because now he is. Yeah. Like the true heir to the Iron Throne, he's the last male Targaryen. So it would be really interesting especially if he is like the prince who was promised as prophesized i think that he has potential to um i mean if you look at daenerys's brother um he like died he what didn't have that power because he had oh no mm -mm, he oh. died because they poured melted gold on top of his head um it was actually oh, really cool i heard about um, him and then she kind of did a thing like, oh, like, dragons can live through fire sort of a thing. Like, saying you're not the true dragon. You're not the true heir. Ooh. And that's when. Ooh, is she going to test that out on snow? I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking <laughs> because, you know, she has potential to be very. Um, Malicious? Yes. So I think she's going to try to do something. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be this episode during the battle I don't know if it'll be because I mean there's still four episodes to come, so you know not everything is going to be finalized. They, they and have stuff to. In this they have one. to finish this problem. Yeah. They have to finish this problem because this is a huge problem, and then there's plenty of problems later. Um. I kind of think that we're going to lose this battle, and people are going to get separated, and right. it's going to be kind of picking up the pieces, trying to get everyone back together throughout the next coming episodes. Right. Right. Uh, did you guys have anything else that you wanted to add before we sign off? The crypts aren't safe. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it doesn't seem I like it. I know it. They say they say they're safe, and in my mind, in my heart, I just I know they're not safe, and shit is gonna go down. <laughs> I honestly don't believe that their plan is going to work. I don't think the Night King's even there. There's uh, theories that the Night King is far away from here, and he's all the way in King's Landing. And he's uh, he's gonna fight um, fight in King's Landing alone with the dragon. Um, 
Because there is a scene where you kind of see a dragon flying over a town that looks like King's Landing. Yeah. Um, and that's my theory. That's how I feel about it. I don't think their plan's going to work. I feel like what Sarah said, that it's all going to fall apart. They're all going to uh, start losing and uh, separate. And I feel like um, Theon's sister, when she goes back to the Iron Islands, that is definitely going to play a role at some point. Right. It's definitely, I don't know if it's going to be this part where they're going to fall back and get on boats and go over there. Or if later down the line where they need to attack Cersei, she comes into play. Right. But I think she's also going to come in at some point. Uh, I mean, yeah. Ne- next episode seems they really built it. They built it out in uh, an episode and a half. I will say last episode, it was more, it was mainly just, hey, everybody. Hey, mm-hmm. how you doing? Hey, I haven't yeah, seen you in a minute. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Uh, but this one was a huge setup, and I thought they set up what's coming to happen very well. It was a good setup, and I'm excited. I'm excited. The whole time I was watching the episode, I was just like, oh, no, this person's going to die. Oh, no, this person's going <laughs> to die. And it just, it was like breaking my heart. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not oh, ready. No. I'm not ready. But I'm like, I don't know. They're all going to die. <laughs> Everyone's dead. It's just, I'm not ready. No. <laughs> Okay, well, that sounds good. Like I said, I'm excited for next episode, uh, which is coming up very soon, very soon. Not soon, soon, not soon enough. No, definitely not. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to take it off from here. We're going to sign off. Everybody say bye. All right, bye. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. And you guys have yourself a fantastic day. Bye-bye. <laughs>